Hello and welcome to another episode of West Underground. And today we have none other than Coda joining us. If you know, you know. If you don't know, you will soon. Uh, uh, these are a ba band that I'm surprised they're not playing stadiums by now. Um, you know, just a great Aussie Sydney act. Um, <clears throat> that I actually became aware of you from Paul, our, our second interviewer in here. Paul, say hello. Hey, guys. Hey, Paul. How are you? Not bad. How you guys been? Awesome, man. Long time no see. Yeah, I remember you guys from that um gig you did with Avalanche. That was epic. Yeah, Paddington RSL, oh, I remember it. That's oh, it, yeah. <laughs> so, Zach, I think when Paul saw you play live, he, you must have had your hair out. And um, I've chopped the mop a bit down since uh, since it used to be way longer. But Paul sent me over a photo and, go, Is, and uh, the caption read, is this you? Yeah, yeah, okay, I get you. Um, yeah, yeah we've been out. I don't see any resemblance. Damn, you yeah, got a good memory. I don't remember sending you that, Hamish. Oh, hell, it was a few beers out. deep and a few bourbons deep as well. You your goggles on that night, Paul, I reckon. <laughs> no, nah, it would have been um, all out. I generally have tied up often in the day, especially when I'm cooking. Nice, man. Me too. You don't want to get hair in the food. That's but anyway. it. But anyway, getting on topic of you, of uh, of you guys, how did you how did you start? Like, how did you start the how did you guys start the band? Uh, we started out as a covers band. Um, interestingly enough, pretty sure this is the original lineup of that covers band. <laughs> um, and we just used to play re really random parties. Um, started out with surf club gigs, and yeah, just. But it's kind of spawned from there. Pete, Oscar, Nikki. We um yeah, so we were just playing lots of cover shows, lots of parties and and really loving it. And then um and then one day one of us just kind of brought a riff, Zach brought a riff forwards um and said, I want to write a song. And um then we all put our heads together and um we we kind of over the course of the next six months pushed out a couple of tunes. Um and we were still playing cover shows at that point, which was we'd kind of sneak our own songs in amongst kind of Australian classics in um in sets and and see kind of people's reactions. Um, and I guess that's when we kind of started to become um, Coda was when we um, wrote our original music and then took to a stage playing an original show in early 2019. Yeah. I still remember the first day where Zach uh, came and asked me to play drums for him. Um, we were studying at uni at the time, um, and I believe we had less than a week to learn a full set of cover songs. Uh, <laughs> party. Um, this, well, this is going back in time. <laughs> it was good fun, though. We, we uh, practiced every day, and um, everyone had a great time, and then we just had such a good time doing it we never stopped so pete when you when you uh got the set list um and you only had the week to learn it did the boys make it easy and was it just a bunch of four chord songs or did you really have to get your um you know your your books out and really study for that both it was a good mix it was a good mix but like one in doubt two and four but um like at the end of the day, like, every, like the whole point was just for everybody to have a great time at the party and everybody did to the point where it's um, like they were shouting for more. So 
Well, that's what you want. And it, uh, you know, it's a good outcome for a bit of baptism by fire, but, uh, <laughs> then, then, uh, do you think that, you know, you guys playing covers and, uh, you know, having that kind of like traditional start has been a beneficial thing like for you guys? Yeah, I think, I think so and so. I think definitely to start with, I think we learned probably how things sort of fitted together in set list design. I think that was probably the biggest thing that stood out from the start. I think like really like learning from inspired works or developing inspired works probably came a bit more recently, but I think set list design massively. Like for me, that would have been the biggest one. What about you guys? Yeah, definitely learning about the flow of energy and how to control a crowd. Um, uh, like just knowing, uh, like you'd, we'd almost create like two or three different little set lists within the main one, just so we could really control that energy. And um, I found um, definitely back at the start covers. I don't know, for me, for me specifically, covers were really important, um, a really important part in kind of finding my voice and my place within a band as well. Um, it's funny, like, you know, we were just playing other people's songs, but um, in a big way, I went from being this kid that had never really sung before. Um, and then more so with the encouragement of the band as well, through these songs, learning how to sing and having those references was good um, to kind of start to develop into the artist I've become. Dude, well, it, it, it's, it's worked for you, man. Your voice is awesome. Uh, thank you. Like I just, this is a bit off topic, but I remember once going through Instagram and um, you guys, you guys must've had like a promoted post at the time. And it was just of you on stage at some venue and you were just like big starting a song, but it was just awesome. <laughs> you know, the one I'm talking about, does it come to mind? Uh, do you know is that? It, yeah. It'd be treachery and red. Treachery and red. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, whatever it was, man, it looked like it, you know, it was just, it was just a, like a perfect, you know, post, like it just popped up and then I was intrigued. And then I kind of fell down your rabbit hole one night after that. <laughs> I, was like, I have to find more about the, <laughs> these fellas. Welcome to the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> You're in it now, oh. mate. But guys, when you started like the band going and playing covers, did you have any embarrassing names back then? Did you have to go through a couple of different name changes? Yes. Shockers. What was the, what, what were the names? Oh, the first uh, one. The yeah. first one was Principal Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> I think that rings a bell. I think I remember I that did, when I was in the I club. didn't even put together the Simpsons reference till I was sitting in a pub and someone asked me, you know, you're like, oh, you know, you're playing a band, what's it called? And I was like, oh, Principal Skinner. I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> and then then Pete will take you through the next one. <laughs> uh, then we had, um, we, we had we, we, the other one that sort of came up was Seaweed Cathedral, which was all right. <laughs> but then at the same time, uh, Coda, Coda came up. Yeah, Coda came up like, I reckon maybe a couple of months after, like two Almost months. Almost immediately after. Yeah. Not soon. <laughs> well, I know I was kind of eh, because I was kind of getting used to the idea, but then I realized we weren't in a 60s prog rock band. Hold on. 
<laughs> Glad you picked Coda and you're not the seaweeds, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Zach, who are we named after? Um, yeah, we're named after my dog. Um, this one. This is Coda. The original. Yeah. The original Coda. The one and only. Yeah, and that is Rusty as well, but we're named after Coda. I was flying to Brisbane uh, for something and I was doing heaps of sketch work. Um, and I was like, oh, that's the name. Because I'd seen it on her collar and I was like, oh, that looks so cool. And a while ago, Pete was like, the key to a good band name. I think it came, it was Jimmy Eight World that said it. It was like the key to a good band name is something looks good on a t-shirt. And I put that on a shirt and I was like, oh, now that looks cool. Um, yes. well, I, th- I thought it looked cool I don't know if it does but I, I think it does yeah man I think it does like I've seen a couple people wear your, wear your shirts around uh, so you know it goes back to your theory of if it looks good on a t-shirt now people are actually you know walking around with it on <laughs> yeah, no, that, I, was, I believe it's yeah, Jimmy Eatwell's theory but yeah I just borrowed it yeah and I think there's something to bands with like one worded names like I think that's cool like it's nah, memorable. Yeah. That's actually an interesting point. Jet. Enough yeah, said. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, correct. Wolf mother. Yeah. Because so many bands have the the in front of it and then like yeah. the following word, but you guys have just gone straight to the point. Forget the the, the code. Man, we just got lucky. Like the sometimes code. I think. <laughs> on somewhere just put something in front of you and it's there it's, thank you oh man that's awesome and um like how long did it take you like when you when you play gigs now i've been meaning to see you a couple of times but like due to work and things like that i haven't had a chance i was supposed to go with paul um but what do you still sneak a couple of covers in there like do you still go back to them occasionally or now you're just playing sets of your own material Super rarely, hey. Um, I haven't played one with a cover in there yet. Yeah, we, we haven't done one. I think the biggest thing we discovered as soon as Oscar mentioned we used to put our originals into sets, I think the biggest turning point was we realised like people were getting, we were getting more of a connection with an audience and a space out of our originals. Like people, you know, they were, maybe they, I don't remember, maybe they were into our covers, maybe they weren't, but it was like one distinct night and people were like, where'd you come up with that? And we were like, Oh, we wrote that in the garage. Um, <laughs> you know, and, but honestly, like, I think for us, we, we struggled something for some reason at like previously, we've really struggled to convey it in the right way and establish, I guess what we'd maybe describe as like our connection through covers. I think we just, perhaps we just find it, more authentically through our own stuff i guess and i think that's probably why i was just gonna say just on that topic of original songs at what point did you guys decide to like yep let's just make original songs now um it was would have been our last covers gig um angela um probably the lady that really gave us like the biggest push just pulled us aside and said, all right, enough's enough. When are you guys going to start doing this seriously? And I think we were like all super scared, you know, it was, a, it was, it is a big thing, you know, but and we're just like, okay, we'll try it. And we just tried it and it was just the best, man. It was amazing. Send it. 
And actually, Nikki booked us for our first show. Um, <laughs> at the time, he was working in another project and um, reached out to us and asked us to play with him, um, with his group, and it was uh, it was pretty incredible. It was very, very exciting. We asked very nicely. <laughs> I think I remember this time, I was like, oh, what's a band that we yeah. can get? I was like, oh, just help out like the local, help out my mates as well. Like that, I saw them like doing their thing because I had originally played with them in like one or two cover band gigs, I think. And that was like when I was in another band called The Dissolutes um, when I was first coming up. And then I was like, okay, cool. I just want to like play with as many people and like help out. And then I was like, wow, I remember playing it as well. And after that gig, I was like, oh, that was actually pretty cool. Like, because I didn't expect to be able to have a connection like I did with my band with like other people. I thought it was like this exclusive thing I had in my head. And then I realized that was like me realizing like, oh, this is like, you can actually do it with other people. And then like other kind of collaboration showed me that as well. And then like from that came the project where I actually got these guys in to like support us. Um, yeah, which is really awesome. And that, that went well, I think really well for Coda. I remember we didn't play the best show that night, but <laughs> these guys did so. If I remember correctly, it was like our first time. Like, it was like an electronic mixed with live and trying to like pull it off, get the crowd engaged. And we're just like, okay, we can't do it that way. We had to like reassess it. And then the next couple of gigs, it was better. But like that first time was like the first time trying it. Um, yeah, but I just remember, yeah, Coda, I remember they were really stoked about it. So I was happy. <laughs> it went well for some people. <laughs> Man, we were just so grateful. It was amazing. I remember like no, I um I recent your stories like um I was watching a documentary like last night on on in excess and they had a moment where their where their manager of booking them um to play covers pulled them aside and said that they were only ever going to be a cover band and your yeah. story is like the exact opposite it's like somebody <laughs> pulled you aside and was like when are you going to stop doing this shit and play your own <laughs> uh, yeah awesome. <laughs> I remember feeling like I was in trouble like I was being held by the scruff of my neck I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, but, you know, that's right. Well, you're doing well, boys. It's uh, I'm I'm, I'm glad you listened. Yeah, no, thank you very much. <laughs> then uh, what was the process like for you then going, oh, shit, now we have to write some songs? Like, did it come easy for you? Did you have to write 50 before you got a good one? What was the... I think, um, I think it kind of just, when, when it came to writing songs we were kind of, we would get into Pete's garage and um, we jam for like two hours, just playing, going off one idea to the next and kind of bouncing around. Um, and every now and then either someone would bring something or we'd find something really cool and we go, okay, what can we write here? Um, and then over this kind of, there was a course of about six months where we just would, we were just writing lots of, lots of songs one after the other. Um, and I think we had, for our first show, I think we had like eight or nine tracks. Um, and we like four or five and we made up three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember there was one like we weren't, we weren't too sure of. And, um, three. But, <laughs> I mean, as far as writing went, it, it just kind of was like a real collaborative process over those kind of like six months. And then, and then ever since we've, um, ever since we started playing shows, we just never stopped and, when an idea comes up, we, um, you know, flesh it out and we're kind of, I think we're, as a band, we're still learning to write, which is cool. Um, 
like kind of have been learning the whole time. Um, and it's a really cool thing to be a part of watching kind of the group grow and get better at riding and learning how we work with one another. That's awesome. So, so you guys are all individually contributing to like everything, like equally, like there's not like one, you're not writing the melodies or do you write lyrics all the time and bank it? Um, not always. Um, a lot of the ideas have come from Zap. Um, he kind of dri really drives the writing force in the band. Um, and constantly that blows my mind with like the stuff he comes up with and the energy he brings into practice. Like it's, in it's incredible. Um, and as far as like ly lyrics and melody go, I think um, between Zach and I, we've written a lot of, a lot of the lyrics. Um, it's never really been one or the other like there's some songs where he's written them and other songs where I have and then a lot of our tracks we've kind of done half half um and then with Pete and Nikki as well now um the whole time it's always been in the writing process like there'll be a really Zach will bring this idea forwards and generally speaking it, it can be quite a solid idea and then we'll kind of go okay we'll try these things um and then build up parts around that kind of core idea um and Zach and now Nikki as well also have, and Pete have really great um, producing brains and they're really good at kind of listening to everything and, and knowing what's going to fit in next. Um, I'll let one of them elaborate maybe more on the process. Yeah, I was like, for me, just coming into the group, I've kind of just been learning like the whole set lists and everything. So I've been like, okay, just getting my head around that. But then since lockdown, it's actually been a good thing in a way because it's been able to allow me to get my head around the songs and like really get inside them and understand the style. And then from my own like writing perspective, like when I come up with a riff or something or a section, I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Where's this like sit? Does this sit with like Coda? Or does this sit with like a different project? And then I'm like, cool. Like I can just see that now. And I feel like now that I understand the band more, I feel like, okay, I want to inject some of my... Um, influence in there now with like still like molding to what the band is and letting it like evolve naturally instead of just taking a hard like right turn or something which is what you don't want to do <laughs> necessarily like you want to kind of let things gradually evolve and like take the listeners with you as well and like respect what's come before you so that's been interesting like seeing these guys develop as well like from when they were in a covered band and seeing them evolve from like the outside now coming in I find it kind of funny because like the band I left, we were kind of like at this stage when I left it, but now I'm kind of like coming into a band at this stage. So it's kind of almost like in the terms of like a band context and coming into where it like left off in my last thing. So it's kind of cool then seeing that now it's like, oh, okay, now we can get like really creative and everyone's got a switched on mind with like arrangements and writing and like Pete with his mixing and production as well. Like it's like all the ingredients are there to create something really cool i feel um that's awesome and I, I guess the one thing i'd like to add is just um um we understand that nikki is uh, the most recent addition to coda and personally i could not be more thankful to have him in the band um uh, uh it's just been interesting how the songwriting process has changed from my perspective over time because um like Nikki's been in the band for a short period of time, but in that period of time, a whole new song has already been written and it is killer. Um, and just being able to write songs with these guys has been an absolute pleasure. Like we do, 
very much respect each other and we anytime somebody has an idea we just we 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 do our best to nail that idea to really try it in earnest to really um, figure out if it works if it doesn't work and that's absolutely fine but i guess um just the massive amount of respect that we all have for each other and um has just been a fantastic experience I, I smiled then when it when it cut to you, Pete, because I could just you I could already tell by the way that you you know you complimented like Nikki, you know, just and and ev- all of you guys like there just seems to be like a massive, um, you know, it seems like you guys all are grateful and um, respect each other in a way that I think is that's really unique to 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 you guys. You know, I think that's really special. But um, I just wanted to ask, like, how are you? how are you um like like creating the songs are you kind of doing it individually over like logic or pro tools or something like that or do you record the drums or do you kind of just hook some mics up and then when you're all together and do it through logic um uh i'll uh discuss the production a little bit here if that's q um Take it away, man. <laughs> Wait, are you talking recording or just writing production? Like, like recording, like say, say yeah. you've kind of got something to a point where it's a bit of, like it's a demo and you want to kind of go further with it. What's the refinement strategy? Pete is your man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess um, only recently have we really discovered what we are most comfortable doing. We've been in a studio situation a few different times. Um, with different people, different engineers. And um, there's been a few times where we've walked away just a little unsatisfied, just a little, I I hate to say this word, but a little disappointed. Um, Only like during this lockdown, we've obviously just wanted to continue moving forward and pushing forward to some of our productions that were started way back in February. Um, So we've got some drums laid down to the studio. I still, I thought they sounded all right. Uh, I gave them a bit of a mix and they came out really nice. Uh, on top of that, uh, Zach laid down his guitar riffs, and the really amazing benefit of that is that he's able to do it in his own time and just be able to be comfortable and with his performances and just being able to experiment. Um, the cool thing about that is uh, once it sounds schmick and it's nailed, we can uh, we just send those guitars off to a studio for reamping, and we're very lucky to have met Dan at Def Wolf, who. Um, uh, is an extremely talented engineer who very much vibes with the sound that we're going for. Um, he sent, and he just sent us back these amazing sounding guitars. And Nicky, who is also a producer himself, um, is able to track some great sounding bass. Um, and yeah, just being able to pull it all together remotely um, into a single session. Um, and it sounds amazing. Um, so needless to say, we are currently working on some tracks um, and uh, we do hope to bring them to the world soon. Um, I'm sure the guys will have some more to add on top of that, but I feel very satisfied with what we've created. Oh, uh, and to answer more questions, I use Pro Tools and I am an audio engineer. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Hey boys, just before you chip in, is Pete one of the, is Pete uh, like a what the secret wizard at the back? You know, just helping, like making all the magic happen in terms of this side of things. I think the primary wizard is Pete. The Dumbledore of the band is Pete. Scandal. Sure. <laughs> um, I think uh, you touched on like how we like respect each other before. I think probably one of the best bits about this band is kind of anything that anyone lacks, someone's bound to pick it up 
but yeah, to answer your question, Pete would handle 90 pick your percentage of that and any 1% or whatever that might just be like a question or something, any one of us will just pick up and it's not, yeah, that's it. Pete's always the guy like running everything on that end. Well, everything, running almost all of that on that end and at shows, even like helping techs and whatnot. So yeah, he's your guy. Awesome. And, uh, you know, you just mentioned shows now. uh, what what has been your like your favorite show that you guys have played as a band? Like, what are the, some of the high, like show highlights? Mm. Oh, um, you guys go first. Oh, what to pick? Um, Maybe pick one or two each. I reckon. Oh, so for me personally, um, the last time we played Crowbar um, with um, with Harlequin Alley, and it was our last show with our previous bass player. Um, that was pretty magic. Um, the show was really special because all the bands on the lineup, Harlequin Alley like created this really awesome, awesome show that was like, everyone was just there to listen to each other. Like it wasn't a competition and it was a really friendly environment. Um, and I loved how they just like had fun with the whole night and it just felt like a really awesome thing to be a part of. Um, and then probably that and um, one of the times we played lazy bones lounge that um that venue's absolutely incredible and um we had two really really amazing nights there it just felt like we're on this roll of getting better and better sets and like they're more and more exciting um and when we played lazy bones for the first time the energy with the crowd and that set was just yeah it was it was a phenomenal experience very lucky to have been a part of that that was a good night Now, Paul, you've got your your famous question, which appears in most interviews. Now. Yeah, it seems it seems to off like put off a lot of bands when ask this. And since we're talking about shows, would you guys prefer to play at a great venue or with a great lineup? Um, personal question or band consensus? Uh, just personal, but just for you guys individually. Every band's different. It's not all together. For me personally, would be an awesome lineup. Like connection is everything for me, and I think fundamentally that's with what's being what's being you know brought to the table and projected. And I think a great lineup. Well, my idea of a great lineup would just be like you know just beautiful people, beautiful bands, and just really focused on projecting that. That's my and to build on that. Um, one of the most recent shows we played was at Crowbar and there was only, it was a Sunday afternoon. There was only 20 to 30 people there. Um, it was in the front room, um, like really quiet, raining outside, like strangest time for a show. Um, but it's probably one of, I mean, I think as a band to feel the energy in the room after that, um, Everyone was just so happy and the other bands on the lineup were, were really awesome. We played with um, Salt and Steel and they are just the loveliest people. Um, and I guess that, that lineup just, I don't know, there was something special about it and it didn't really matter where we were playing. It was just the people that were there and the people we were playing to and alongside. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd say, yeah, lineup over venue. It's like the lineup's going to pull the people. So if you've got a good band, it's going to cool, 
all good people, I feel. <laughs> kind of goes hand in hand. And then, yeah, like going back, like for my favorite gig, because I haven't played as many of these guys as the band, um, probably Frankie's. First time playing there, just like as a moment, as a Sydney band in general, like just as a musician being able to play there, especially now that like we know it's closing, was like really special playing that. And then also, yeah, that the last gig we played was at Crowbar, I'm pretty sure. Like that for me, as well, just the people I met there and the yeah. performance. And I felt like that as like, from what I've been in the night, that was one of the best times we played as well. It was all starting to like gel. Um, and it was just really memorable. It was just like, this is why I do it. And so I didn't need to be heaps of people there. So, but the people that were there were just like very present, very welcoming. Just like I had met some of the best people <laughs> that day from like all year. So it was, it was pretty special that for me personally. No, I got to agree with Nikki. That was a fantastic show. And um, I agree with all three of you, vibe is everything. A, a fantastic lineup is what you require. It does it like venue, you know, I mean, you could have a great venue, but you could, uh, but if the vibe isn't right, no one's going to have a good night. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm, um, this is like the most 50-50 question. Like we ask bands all the time and it's, you know, but um, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think that, you know, the lineup makes a, you know, a huge, huge difference. But speaking of lineup, have you, and, you know, and playing shows, have you had any shows as a band that were just complete disasters? You don't have to say who you played with or where you played at, but that turned into great stories later on? Yes. <laughs> I'm actually interested. Which one is your, like, or do I want to know? Uh, it ended up with somebody through a table, so. Oh, yeah, that was the Was that the riot I heard? Was that like a riot that night or uh, someone was, else? I don't know. I, can, I remember feeling pretty like, whoa, this is like not the side or what we're about. And we kind of, I think we all left like pretty like just freaked out because it just not wasn't our wavelength. We were just like. I can remember a pretty funny one um, that was just, I couldn't be avoided, just like working band. We played down just south of Wollongong in Dapto on a Friday night and two of us were like really quite sick. So we had to sleep a bit longer than we normally would have to get back for a Saturday afternoon show. And we walked in and we were early, inverted commas, but we were like 40 minutes early. And we just got wrung out to dry, like yelled at the most I've ever been yelled at by anyone. Ooh. And like, we just couldn't get back to Sydney quick enough. Like we couldn't drive any faster. Oh, um, and we're just sitting there and we're just like, oh, I'm a bit scared now. So this is iconic. It was like, it was so funny. Was it the venue, the venue um, organizers or the bands? Don't want to say, but it was just, it was epic. It was like just so funny because we were just sitting there like, like, you know what's your excuse and we were like we literally just came home you know and, uh, it was this classic and it was, uh, I, was, I don't want to talk about it anymore but it's just hilarious because we were just sitting very, there like very strange yeah, that's just, weird that, that's not right that's, that's weird that's, i've never heard that before uh look, everyone was under pressure it was fine it was just it was hilarious <laughs> it was like man <laughs> nothing we can do like oh god 
just like kind of scared, kind of want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but man, we just did our thing, and like like I said, everyone was just under massive pressure, and this is classic for me. That's the funniest one. Well, on the lighter side, what bands would you like to play with? Like a lineup, like a three to four bands you like to play with on one night that we've played with before, or band, or can we choose any? Yeah, before or you who you haven't played with. Okay, Salt and Steel. That would be one pick for me, for sure. Love to play with the band Creo at some point. Oh. They um, they're kind of like. They're like, they're like kind of like, I guess, heroes in a way. Like I went and saw them, felt a bit starstruck and, and just like didn't really, um, we didn't really start a conversation with them, but that's something <laughs> that one day I'd love to be able to talk to them about. Um, barely they're an incredible Sydney more. band. Um, absolutely incredible Sydney band. Yeah. Oh, shady Nasty. I'd say I would, I would love to play with them. And yeah, I think um, also like broader spectrum, two bands coming out of the States that I'd really like to play with when they come out would be Mammoth and Tyler Bryant's band. Um, they'd be awesome to play with. Just to open for anywhere. Big time. Is this any band though? Like it could be any band at all? Yeah, local or... You know, I throw international as well if you want. Yeah. I just threw that in there because I like them. Dude, I'm just going to have to say it. Chili Peppers. Dude. <laughs> that would be insane. Support That'd be that epic. Was, they came out their next tour. In, Open for in Chili Peppers would be awesome. Too. Yeah. You know, John Fushanti, if all this shit, that'd be like my dream come true. <laughs> That's it. I can die happy man. <laughs> uh, I hope the Red Hot Chili Peppers hear that. Uh, you guys at Kudos Bank Arena. Imagine that, cheeky little surf beforehand, bit of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have dinner with the bands, eh? That'd be mad. <laughs> That'd be epic. Holy shit. Bit of two-minute noodles for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we eat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, you've, you've just touched on what band you'd like to play, but what venues would you like to play, boys? And more. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a Sydney band. And more Metro Factory Theatre. Oxford Art. Oxford Art. Oh, wait, we played Factory. Never mind. You yeah, boys- I was going to say, you guys would definitely play Factory. You guys would, have, would yeah. definitely be in a factory. Yeah. Just get that with Oxford Art Factory. Do it again. Just do it again. <laughs> Even the Oxford Art Factory, I'm sure you guys could, could knock oh, yeah. that one off the bucket list. Yeah. yeah. We're working. We'll just design that one already. Yeah, yeah. That. The Oxford Art Factory is like a strange place because I, f- I feel like they just, they, they, they kind of take everyone and anybody. Like you'll see like big artists play at the Oxford, Actory, Oxford Art Factory one week and then it'll be kind of like an underground, you know, band at the Oxford Art Factory the next. For sure. Because they've got two rooms as well. So they've got a smaller room and they've got like the main stage. Yeah, it's cool. I saw Kwame there actually. That was amazing. Like seeing him perform there with this electric the performance and like the crowd so it's just like and also um was it concrete lawn like a sydney punk band that were awesome as well like the energy for that show at the Art is incredible so it's, i feel like yeah if you get the right if you pack it out it's going to be a good night and especially i think with the style of music we play get people rocking get people moshing 
the rocket yeah, <laughs> for sure man and uh you know that day's coming very soon like the the finish line is in sight for for sydney at the moment they say it's the 11th have what's what's the future for you guys like have you booked gigs yet have you got what what, what can we look forward to um straight out of the gates we got three shows which we've been super lucky to come about in the last oh, last two weeks for two of them and a bit earlier for one of them um we're playing october 21 um i'll double check that date after that came through today we're supporting the radicals at the duke of enmore that's a thursday show then we're at frankie's on november 6th and then we are at Lazy Bones on, I believe it's November 18. Um, and that's supporting <laughs> Terabyte. Oh, nice. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we got super, um, super lucky to jump on some of those bills. And Frankie's are running a double shot sort of thing. And that's set looking awesome. It's shaping up really cool with some hard rock acts. And yeah, it's all stations are go, it seems. Awesome. I saw the radicals. They did their, they, they did their post, uh, you know, like a couple of days ago about, you know, finding bands to play with. Did you guys hop on with that with them or? Yeah. I messaged them at 10 o'clock this morning. A good friend of ours, um, Jared, um, chops sent me a message maybe last night, but I must've been asleep or maybe it was this morning. And I was like, yeah, I'll respond to that right now. Two minutes later, one of the radicals crew, just like awesome here it is just wrote to the boys so thank you jared if you do watch this i really appreciate that <laughs> oh man that's awesome we spoke to those guys last week man and um you know they they're they're all fun fun dudes for sure man yeah we spent a lot of today listening to their stuff i think certainly yeah, actually ripped so i was listening to it i'm like wow like yeah. this is good like because they're only new they've only released a couple of songs over like last year and this year so I'm like really excited to see how they develop. It's going to be awesome, man. I'm really keen for that. And first gig back, like, how great. Right. Like, <laughs> we, we had to cancel Duke of Enmore like earlier this yeah. year. And then Thank I came you. back again. I'm like, oh, sweet. There you go. <laughs> Come on, dude. Now, it sounds like you boys have got like, um, you know, gigs covered, but have you got any music that's going to be dropped soon? Yes. Um, we are just reviewing the kind of final stages of a mix for one, um, which has just come off Pete. So thank you again, mate, for that. Um, that was one of our remote kind of things. And then another one is going into mixing currently. Um, and then obviously they'll get sent off and put into the pipeline to come out. Um, it's a bit of a longer turnaround what feels long, it's not really to getting LPs pressed, but, you know, with a longer turnaround with uploading through record labels and things, uh, unions, um, yeah. districts and things like that. But yeah, before the end of the year, I would say definitely. Um, definitely one, if not two, um, we're undecided on how to release those tracks. And then we go into studio, um, into studio quite soon after our Frankie show. So um, literally the weekend, uh last week of november yeah so it'll be the week after uh weekend after our lazy bones gig we're in tracking some more stuff which i guess will be out next year's release cool man are you just gonna are you guys gonna just drop singles one after each other 
Is that how they're going to kind of come out? Undecided. Um, I think the goal. Oh, Rusty. <laughs> um, I think the goal is longer form. Um, every time. Yeah, Pete's nodding. Uh, Nick's drinking water. I think Oscar's probably not. Yeah, Oscar's definitely nodding. <laughs> um, but I think, look, every time we go in the studio, because our sets, like t- going back to covers, have always been designed around like, you know that experience and energy. I think everyone's always asking, you know, when are you going to do something longer form? And when we can um but yeah i think longer forms on the cards is our next kind of goal we've just been learning how to do it awesome man that is really cool oh thank you so is it going to be do you reckon be like a like a full-length album or EP, like a you know in my mind personally i think full-length album would be unreal but the boys will tell you like a <laughs> Wayfarer and Dreamer, <laughs> I love that stuff. So I don't know. It'll be just like nice. I guess it just depends on how the process goes in the studio and how we get it all out. I think sure. that list. It's just a matter of like refining it and getting it all down, and just depending how long we want to take. So just like more like logistical kind of things, like problem solving. Like we know we can get all the songs there. It's just a matter of time, I guess. Like how long it's going to take. all the not rock and roll stuff (laughs) (laughs) and um guys we'll we'll probably start wrapping this interview up up pretty soon but before we do what is the most like rock and roll moment you guys have had as a band and then what's the most like spinal tap moment you've had as a band Uh, well i once blew up into green smoke (laughs) For anyone who watches the movie, you'll get that. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie. Jesus Christ, get on it. It's a fantastic movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, most rock and roll moment. Uh, spinal tap moment for me is I do actually have a knob on my guitar at verse to 11. I, uh, I was I work on guitars at work and I was going through my toolbox and I was like you're kidding and that day I just got a new guitar and I was like bang on so that goes to 11 um most rock and roll moment oh for me would be um I'd finished work like must have been a January or February gig um and I was surf instructing. That's one of my jobs. And I just came to the gig and I was like full on zinked up like a zinc monster. <laughs> just like the hair was probably barely dry. <laughs> if it was dry, it was just straight salty. Just hopped on stage. I was probably, I was definitely dressed, but I must have been all right. They let me on stage, but yeah, that was pretty awesome. I love that. Nice, man. And it, does your guitar go, is your guitar louder now? Like, cause it's just one more than 10. <laughs> This one goes to 11. <laughs> Look, yeah, it would be. It definitely increases it. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I think the first thing I did was probably tell the boys. And then the second thing I did was um, send it straight away to Blade um, from Wicked Things because I knew he just appreciated it. And yeah, I'm pretty sure he sent me back some funny stuff. So, yeah, it was nice. What'd you put it on? Like a strat or? Um, that one's currently on a PV Wolfgang, um, 
you, do you remember Eddie? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Wolfgangs. Um, one of them. So an all black one of them, which has got a full on. I paint that every couple of shows. No, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. You uh, like, is it like you don't you don't feel scared like painting it or doing any of that shit or? Um, not at all, man. Like I think for me, like my guitars are just an extension of me, and I think yeah, I just I honestly feel more comfy up there with that with something you know I've painted, you know I've you know like double looks like a car like something i've you know double checked and tuned and fixed and adjusted I, I love it and i don't ding them or anything on purpose but no with paint pens um and and spray you can clean them easy if you muck up but no it's a be- it's a beautiful thing it's really it's kind of part of my ritual it's like a really fun experience that's awesome man that's awesome yeah. Yeah. Um, what about cell phone do you I play heaps of guitars? I can see heaps in the background. Yeah, man. Like all mine are all mine are like customized and, and dinged up pretty well. And like yeah, I'm cool. I'm on the same page as you. Like most of mine over here. When I get, you know, some of my friends come along and have a look at them, they're like, Why would you have done this? You know. <laughs> you don't understand. Yeah, you don't. That's it. Oh no, I hope to see them one day. They look awesome. Oh man, I'd love to show you, man. There's a there's a there's a couple in parts at the moment that I'm just trying to see what I want to do at the moment. Oh, best way to be. Yeah, like do you do you do that? Like the whole Eddie Van Halen thing, like start pulling apart different shit and just going, what will this do if I put this one in it, and then kind of go down like the gear rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I um, yeah, I do that a lot. Um, yeah, I've had heaps of fun with that. Uh, at the moment. I actually just got um, a new guitar. I feel like I'm always saying that. Just got a new guitar. Um, just got a new guitar, Ginger. Um, and I've just kind of just been like making friends with um, that guitar and really developing that relationship. But yeah, I'm always working. The biggest one is like for me is like spring configurations and like keeping them balanced um, with tremolos. Like that's really important for my style and sound. But um, yeah, pickups, tuning, strings, everything, all the time. Nice, man. I might Most works. To, I might have to message you soon because I've uh, ordered a telebody that I'm going to try uh, to route out because I don't have a guitar with a Floyd Rose, so I oh, want to have God. that experience. But I want to put it in a Telecaster. Oh, I used to have one, epic, so so awesome. Um, sold it, shouldn't have sold it, but um, iconic, man. Um, Mick Mars mirror guitar. He was one of the guys that did that. Awesome, man. Like it's because uh, they're hard. You can't find them. You have to either make them yourself or spend a good coin on getting one. Rare as hands teeth. But yeah, drop me a message. I can help you find parts for them. Dude, thanks, man. That'll be awesome. Now, anyway, for the rest of the boys, getting off the guitar jargon. Um, <laughs> did, um, what's what's kind of been the most rock and roll and uh, spinal tap moment for, I think there's only two, Oscar and Nikki. Um, you want to go, Oscar? Yep. Um, the most spinal tap moment. I don't know. I, I I don't like to. I've never really focused on like all the stuff that's ever gone wrong. Um, never shown up to the wrong to, venue or anything. Pardon? You've never shown up to the wrong venue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think we're we're not, like 
<laughs> I feel like there'll definitely be more stories to tell when we get to like that side where we start getting more technical with our stage. Um, but at the moment, <laughs> um, not that not anything for me that comes to mind. Um, most rock and roll moment. I mean, like post show always feels pretty pretty amazing. Like walking on air, um, especially when we play a good show with a great band at a great venue. But um, I know the moments that I I think I treasure the most in all this is probably when we're at practice and we land upon like a really, really incredible idea for the first time. Like when it's like that first time we hear this riff that's so unique um, or, you know, or someone puts together a specific line that just works really well and everyone in the room kind of just like, it's like we have smiles from ear to ear and it just lights up and we're all just, you know, when we finish playing, we're just like, whoa, like that was incredible. And I know for me that feels the most rock and roll because it's like it's just us in the room, you know, like no one else is there and it's just it's like the real pure, I don't know, it's just like, you know, there's nothing but the music in that moment and for me that's probably it. I will mention one more thing. Oscar, the other most rock and roll element are the tightest leather pants I've ever yes, seen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> leather pants, definitely. That, that's Dude, no, if there I were any tighter, they'd be inside you. <laughs> <laughs> those, those things, the button mic, it only just does up. To fair, I eat too fair, much. It won't do it. Lose the zip, mate. Lose it. Have you yeah. been putting them on in lockdown just in case you you put on a roll or two, like just a check? <laughs> it's it's funny. I haven't. I haven't even given them a second thought. They're just like they're probably still in the back of my car from the last <laughs> show we played. After the show, I was like, "Get these things off me!" And they went in the back of the car, and I haven't thought about them since. How hard are they to get off after a show? Do they like stick to you? Like, uh, they're they like kind of like they like peel off, like. <laughs> they kind of like they go inside out so just, they come off pretty easy <laughs> getting them on's the tough bit because i have to i busted the zip on them um because they're just like too tight for me and i, I went to pick up an amp and like when i bent down to pick it up they just went <laughs> and the zip came under and so now i have to like weave it all in every time bro that's your sometimes moment. it needs a hand moment. so i'll go over and help him Nick's Nick's been the person like standing next to my car while I like stand there going <laughs> like trying to put them on waving at people being like hey yeah nothing to see here how do you give them a wash or you just don't um <laughs> I try and like wear them for as little as time little time as possible um they've never been washed they haven't been washed <laughs> yet. that's a question <laughs> <laughs> so that I don't need to wash them. <laughs> you're still sucking like slapping a leather couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Are the rest of you boys um gonna get the on the leather pants bandwagon or what? I'll leave that to Oscar. Yeah, leave that to I need um I, I need clothes for movement. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, but what Oscar was saying though before, like that moment in the room when you make something new, I feel like for me as well, that's like the best bit about being a musician. It's like you walk into the room, you didn't have something there, then afterwards there's something there. It's like, that's like 
the closest I get to being able to like make magic in my life where it's like, I just saw something that I thought in my head, how it's just there. Like, it still blows me away. Like, even if it's like, yeah, you have some days where you have a really good idea and that's just like, for me, that's what I like live for is that moment. But then also like when you're, I think when we played at Narrabeen, uh Youth Center, yeah, that gig, seeing them all mosh was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's what I want to see. Like, I just saw that, like, it's the first time with this band, like, seeing that, like, a lot of the times I feel like what I've been to so far, like, the crowds have been a bit tamer, but I think that's also because we haven't had a headline gig I've played at yet. But um, when I saw that, everyone just moshing, I'm like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is what I want to be performing to, is, like, that energy, because then you really have fun with it and you can, like, really start interacting and that, that was that, yeah so yeah what oscar was saying as well the just some, the creating and especially doing it with other people is what i missed as well in lockdown like i've been doing it by myself but like especially as a basis i like to collaborate i want to see that because it's like when you have multiple minds on something you don't know where it's going to go like you wouldn't have thought of that possibility if you're by yourself so like when i have that with everyone around me then you just pull something out that's completely unique to that combination of people it's like that's epic. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. It's like, what do I live for? You know, it's that's probably yeah, like spinal tap moment, or probably like, <laughs> I think the last gig we played, like Oscar like kicked out my my cord, like, <laughs> just fluffing around on stage like trying to fix it. And I think there was another gig where like Zach as well, his went out at one point, mine went out. Like everyone was just like going out, like oh fuck, just trying, like. Played off like nothing happened, but like that's all part of the show business. You know, on that wavelength, I just remembered there was this one show where poor Nicky had ordered his dinner and he ordered pizza. Um, and then he had everyone, he had everyone chatting to him on the way in, like saying hi, and he's having all these long conversations. And then it's like, all right, we're on, we're on in five minutes. Come on, Nicky. And he brings like his pizza up on stage with him. And he's like having mouthfuls in between songs. So he's like trying to chew down pieces of pizza. And then it's like, Nikki, you're supposed to be playing. And he'll be like, oh, sorry. And he's like putting his pizza back down. It was I got another one, the, the mid-gig the mid, um, mid piss I had to do. I was like, really need to take a piss. And I was like, didn't have time before the show. And I was like, okay. And I knew we had this one break in the set where we don't do like back-to-back songs. So I'm like, all right, this is my chance to like do it. I can't like, can't tell anyone because it's got to be super quick. Like, we have, we're on a time limit. So I just run off stage. <laughs> take a piss and it's almost just like you're like five minute break between halves it was like a half time break and I'm like right just cheer myself up to go back out and I'm feeling relaxed don't have to think about holding the piss in feeling good and just get back into it I got one more for you one more spinal tap moment I don't know if this will make it into the podcast but after rehearsal one day did a oh. trip to the hospital Please say it. Um, uh, because somebody um, was a little too excited with their ear protection. Uh, Excited is the wrong word. That makes it sound weird. Uh, um, a little too protective. It was more careless. It was careless, man. Like you was like, it was broken. And I was like, I've done this before. It's no biggie. Like it's one of those like silicone. Earbuds, and then like it comes in, then it's like a plastic stick, and it fell out. And I'm like, all right, this has happened before. I just got to be careful, and, like get it back in. But then it wasn't going in; it was just pushing it deeper and deeper. And I'm like, oh fuck! Like, that's We're like, good. got our phone torches and tweezers, like 
fig- realizing that we can't get it out and then it how long were you guys at in how long were you guys at the hospital for to like two in the morning or something right? i was there because we just missed the emergency like quick turnaround emergency bay like those workers had left so i had to go in the queue with everyone else and i was there for like three hours and then it took them like 10 seconds to get it out i'm like what did they use a magnet or no or... they use just like these special tweezers that like dig inside your hole that are designed a certain way just like push around and then grab it like we just didn't have access to that the, the, the wiring off the in-ear monitors popped in your ear yeah so it was like a silicon ear like a, a silicon um ear protection so that um like, you know, like we're, we're rehearsing we don't want to damage our ears that's one thing we're very sensitive about but it was so deep in there we couldn't see it with the naked eye Oh, man. it was kind of comical though i was laughing the whole time when like i think pete was like getting worried about like not hurting my ear but i'm just like oh, fuck yeah am i at this point but then zach was like really trying to like dig in getting it and it's like we're just gonna have to call it just kept on slipping it was too too oily and waxy down there so i <laughs> couldn't get a firm grip <laughs> like <laughs> biggest fear is like something bad happening to my ears like i could not imagine that damaging somebody else's that was just it was too much. Yeah. I appreciate the, the thought, but I would say, you know what? If you do, you're not to blame now. I just want this out of my ear. <laughs> yeah, good times. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. And I learned my lesson and I get proper ear protection that's not faulty and just replace it when it is. There you go. So, so we had the foam ones there. That was a funny thing. I you gave me the foam option. And I was like, oh, yeah, here's some foam ones. I'm like, should have just used that. Okay. I still got them in my bag. This is now a public service announcement for the kids. Be careful with your hearing protection. Use them regularly. Your ears are not to be trifled with. Once your hearing's gone, that's it. It's gone. Wise words. Wise <laughs> words for the people out there. We're just yeah. waiting for the stem cell research, mate. We'll get the inner ear cells. That, that's on the card. That's hopefully in the next 10, 20 years, that's available. Get the 2020 hearing back. Happy days. <laughs> Awesome guys. Now, before we do like wrap it up, um, is there anything you want to plug before we finish or anything you want to say? (laughs) Firstly for me, just thank you guys so much for having us on. Um, And thank you to, yeah, the people that support us. So all our fans, um, friends, family. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, said a lot but i yeah i don't think yeah i don't think any of us honestly i never would have thought someone would ask me questions about what i do or what we do um ever so thank you so much um for your time and yeah no thanks um everyone that continues to support us um i can't explain that to you Uh, over the over the last three years when i've been in like being in the music and other scene gigs i would notice your name is always on set like on lineups every time i see you guys and every time i talk to someone they bring you guys up so you must be doing something really good to be mentioned and being with like great bands on set list so oh guys thank you for coming on as well and thank you so much that i guess that just brings it home for us man thank you so much